0: Hi, and welcome to the Expositors Collective podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. On today's episode, episode 31, we're going to be learning from Clay Worrell, who pastors up in the Bay Area of California, and we're going to be learning from him about mentorship. Um, Clay is going to kind of walk through uh, the biblical precedent for mentorship then he'll talk to us about some examples of mentorship, um, in his life and his ministry, both mentors that he's had and then those that he has mentored. And then finally at the end, he gives us some really solid and super practical tips for how we are to engage in a mentoring relationship. So when it comes to Christian maturity in general, And then proficiency in preaching. Nobody is born knowing how to excel in these areas. And so for that reason, God has made the world in such a way that they're supposed to be learners and teachers. And so we're both those that are taught and those that are being taught. And so I know you're going to enjoy this episode, Learning from Clay, about what it means to obey the Great Commission by being mentored, and by mentoring others.
1: All right, so I was assigned the topic of preaching mentorships, um, and I'm really glad to have this topic, because it's something that I'm really passionate about. The reason I'm passionate about it is because I feel like if it wasn't for the mentors in my life um, to raise me up in ministry, I don't think I would be in ministry today. Um, My mentors... Um, uh, where were, uh, Dave Lomas was my youth pastor and my mentor for my my teenage years. Um, in college and through college, uh, Rod Thompson was a mentor. I interned under him. If any of you guys know who he is, he's amazing. I went to Ireland. I had a mentor named Andy Nugent, an Irish guy. Um, and then throughout all of that time, or most of that time, Brian Broderson has been a mentor for me from um, from afar. And, and all of these guys, as I look back, have invested in my life so selflessly, even when I was a dumb kid. And in a lot of ways, I still feel that way. These guys are guys that took risks on me. And these guys are guys who poured their life into mine. And I, I'm I'm just I will always be grateful for these men. And to this day, I look up to these men, all of them, and consider them friends. So it's because of that, because of their um, influence in my life, that I'm excited and passionate about mentorship and preaching mentorship. Um, Not only that, but I also see a scriptural precedent for it that I want to briefly go over with you. I can't talk about this at an Expositors Collective without first um, exposing it in the Bible a little bit. So let me see if I can move quickly through a biblical precedent for mentorship and then give you some practical um, just kind of points and thoughts in regards to preaching mentorship. So first thing, I'm going to move as fast as I can through these, um, is I really believe that Jesus was a mentor. Matthew 4, 18 through 22 says this, The call of the disciples. And the disciples, as you know, as students of the word, they lived life with Jesus. They were the twelve who followed him, who observed him, who were taught by him, who were rebuked by him, and who were equipped and prepared by Jesus. They were disciples, which literally just means learner. Disciples learned from teachers. They followed and learned from teachers. They were not unlike an apprentice today. That's what a disciple was. But with Jesus and his twelve, clearly they were more than mere learners. It was more than just a teacher-learner relationship. There was a sharing of life that took place with Jesus and the twelve, right? The the term that we like to use today is they, they did life together right? Um, And so Jesus's model for ministry was a model of mentorship, and it was through mentorship that he equipped his first followers for the work of the ministry that he had for them. So in light of that, it makes sense that Christ's commission, the Great Commission, was a call to do the very same thing. So two, the Great Commission is a call to mentorship, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. Jesus did not charge his disciples to hold evangelistic ch- uh, crusades. He didn't um, call them to do outreach events. He didn't even call them to plant churches. The Great Commission is a call to make disciples. And you've heard it said that the Great Commission is not making converts, but disciples. And that's true. So, yes, the the Great Commission starts with evangelism, but it necessarily continues in mentorship. So if making disciples or mentoring the next generation of gospel, gospel ministers is the primary focus of the church if that's our primary focus, mentoring or making disciples, then all of those other things, the church planting and the evangelism and the programs, all that kind of stuff, um, they will in fact be done. And, I, and I'd say through mentorship be done more effectively because they will be done through the very people that are being raised up through mentorship. So Ephesians 4, um, uh, 11 through 12, you know the call of a minister is to what? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And now Paul was a great example of this. Real quickly, the relationship between Paul and Timothy. You're probably familiar with the story in in Acts chapter 16. Paul met Timothy in Lystra, and he saw potential in him. He had a legacy, and he says, so Timothy, I want you to accompany me, and also we're going to circumcise you. That's a little gruesome, but it was necessary. I won't spend any time on that. So that's what they did. Timothy accompanied Paul. And we know the story. He followed Paul. He was mentored by Paul. And we see the result of it, or at least it described in Paul's second letter to Timothy in chapter 3, 10 and 11. It says, you, however, Paul to Timothy, you followed my teaching, listen to these, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my sufferings. Timothy lived life with Paul, and the result of this mentorship that Paul had with, for Timothy is seen in 1 Timothy 1-2, when Paul says, Timothy is my true son in the faith. So Paul mentored Timothy, but it didn't stop there. Paul then continued to call Timothy to mentor others, and this brings us back to the passage that we started with. 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, You then, Paul writing to Timothy, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've, listen to this, heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we see this this sequential, I don't think that's a word, anyway, this passing on, of mentorship. The mentor charges the mentee to be a mentor. And this mentorship relationship, with both seen in Jesus and Paul, is, is pretty intense. But it's extremely effective. And as I mentioned, it's not just a sharing of information. It's not merely a teacher and a learner. But it's a sharing of life. So... Um, there's a clear scriptural and there's a clear biblical precedent for mentorship relationships. That's what we're called to. We're called to be disciples making disciples. And as followers of Jesus, I believe that we should all be mentored by those who are further along in their journey with Jesus than we. And we should all, no matter where you're at with your, in your walk, be being mentored by those who are further along in their faith than you are. Um, I I believe that this is something that should be happening in every um, aspect of our walk with Jesus. This should be a holistic thing for our spiritual development, but this is the Expositors Collective. So I'm going to take a moment to talk about some practical things specifically within the context of preaching mentorships. So I have 10 minutes left. So the first I'm going to address is primarily mentors. Those of you who are in this place who are uh, more seasoned pastors, I want to talk to you first. And those who are not yet in that place, maybe someday you will. So this is something worth paying attention to as well. Here's some just practical thoughts. Um, and the first is this. In order to be an effective mentor, you need to share your life with those who are mentoring. As I showed a moment ago, this is what Jesus did and it's what Paul did. That whole thing that, that is kind of repeated so often that pastoral ministry is a, is a necessarily lonely calling. I don't, I don't agree with that. I want to push back on that. This whole, it's lonely at the top type mentality. You can't open up to people and share your life with people because then they'll just turn on you or they won't have your respect. And, and all I would say to that, and I don't have time to go on and on about it, is, is that's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have a lonely ministry. He had the opposite of that. He had 12 guys who were closer with him than a brother. So why would we put ourselves in a position that Jesus didn't put himself in? We have a call, not just with peers and friends, but also those we are mentoring, to open our lives to them and to bring them along. And then from there, I would say, don't mentors, in preaching mentorship, don't just teach your mentors, your, your mentees, those whom you're mentoring, Don't just teach them, but teach them how to teach. Um, This collective is a wonderful start for this. I I love that, that we're doing this. This is the second one, and the whole thing about this is to teach the next generation of Bible teachers how to teach the Bible. And you know what's interesting is Mike and I, um, we are, have been hosting the Expositors Collective podcast. By the way, a little plug on that. If you haven't subscribed to the Expositors Collective podcast, I encourage you to. It's wonderful. But as, as, we're, as we're doing this podcast, one of the first questions we ask all these pastors that we're interviewing is, tell us about your first sermon. How did it go? What did you, you know, what did you teach on? Can you remember it? And, and what's amazing to me is most of the guys that we've interviewed have said, well, my first, well, maybe not most, a, a lot of them, my first sermon, I had no idea what I was doing. Nobody taught me how to do it. So, I mean, just yesterday we, we interviewed um, Ed Taylor and, and Nick. Um, Nick, what's your last name? Nick Cady. I knew, I know that. Um, so we interviewed, and and both of them, I believe Ed said, um, that he, uh, just kind of regurgitated Warren Wearsby, and Nick said that he just kind of copied a John Corson sermon, and that's just what they did, because they didn't know what else to do, and, and God's been really gracious to those guys, and taught them how to teach over time, and how to have their own voice, and all this kind of stuff, but, but that's not where they were, where, where they started, and, and, you know, I was talking to Char yesterday, and he said the reason that he's so excited about this expositors collective thing is because he and grace have always had this this kind of motto in their marriage where they feel like their calling is to be for others what they never had and that's what this conference is and that's what my heart is as a pastor i was never taught how to how to teach formally like this but it's my hardest to do that and so 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 pastors, you need to be teaching the next generation how to teach. Not just teaching them the Bible, but teach them how to teach. So how do you do that? I would say a couple quick things. First, just bring them in on your process. Bring them in on the process. Show them how you study and the resources that you use. Perhaps, and this is an idea that I haven't started doing yet, but I'm going to start. Um, Why don't you use the guys who you're mentoring as research assistants? It's a benefit, right? It's like, hey, read these commentaries and summarize them for me and study together like that. I mean, that's just a blessing for your teaching and it's going to give your guys some experience as well, or gal. Um, So we need to bring them in on the process. The second thing is we need to be giving opportunity. If we're going to teach the next generation of preachers how to preach, we need to give them opportunity to preach. It's kind of a no-brainer. But here's the thing. Calvary Chapel traditionally holds the pulpit in um, a great amount of, of high regard and honor. And, and rightfully so. I mean, this is where the Word of God goes forth with authority. You don't want to just give the pulpit to any Joe Schmo, and that's not what I'm suggesting. But, but the thing is, is, if we never give the next generation of preachers the opportunity to preach, they're never going to learn. So I'm a a fly fisherman. Um, I love to fish in every context, but fly fishing is a beautiful form of fishing. And earlier in the week, I was up in a cabin um, up in uh, Creed, uh, Colorado, fishing with Sebastian and my friend John Geraci. And um, uh, we listened to Creed all the way up because it felt appropriate. Um, With arms wide open, it'll be in your mind for the rest of the day. Anyway, so we get up there, and Seb wanted to learn how to fly fish. Now Fly fishing, if you know anything about it, like it's, it's, it's not very easy to do. And it's like, okay, I'll teach you. And, I'm, and everything in me wanted to just like, show him how to fly fish. See, that's how you do it. Okay, good. But he would never learn that way, would he? I don't want to hand him my fly rod because I know what he's going to do. I know he's going to go like this and whip it and the fly will fly off and he'll tangle up the line and he's going to just make a mess out of it. But he has to if he's going to learn—sorry, Seb— If he's going to learn, he's got to try it. And I've got to be willing to let him tangle up my tippet a little bit, you know? I'm in Colorado. I figure this will connect, right? We're good with fly fishing stuff? Um, The same things with preaching. We can't just tell them how to do it, okay, and then one day maybe you'll get to try it. We have to give them an opportunity. We have to give them an opportunity. If you look back at your preaching career, mentor... um, Oh, gosh, I forgot. I'm in a hurry. Um, If you look back at your your preaching career... um, Somebody took a risk on you. Somebody gave you the pulpit when you were not ready. Um, we, need to, we need to be willing to do the same. And, and I would say very practically in that, as we create that opportunity and give them opportunity, it's not to just, like, drop them in at the deep end. It's not like, okay, here's a Sunday morning at a church of thousands of people like this. Good luck. We can drip feed, and we can, we can let these guys have opportunities in, in contexts that are growing in kind of, you know, um, Wait. I, I, I pastored a church in, in Ireland for a handful of years before raising up an Irish guy to take over the church. And when, when um, we first identified his call to ministry, he was terrified of speaking in front of people. He wouldn't even give a toast at a, at a wedding. Um, but we both sensed that he was called. And so the first thing I had him do was just do the call to worship, and then announcements, and then a min study. And then there came a time when he needed to preach on a Sunday, and he didn 't do very well like it was it was pretty bad um, and and he 'd admit that like he was he was scared out of his mind and monotone but but um, but you know what uh, God was gracious, and he spoke, and then Tyrone preached again, and he did better and better and better and so um, we 've got to give these guys a chance and again, one more thing on the don 't uh, sink or swim thing. Um, uh, when, as we're giving guys opportunity, don't just push them in at the deep end, um, say preach a sermon, good luck and, and, and have when you're sitting and listening to it in the, in the pews be the first time that you hear it. Um, uh, Kyle, uh, who's here. He's my, my pastoral intern at the little church I'm at now. Um, he's being kind of brought into the pre- preaching rota right now. And his first sermon that he preached, um, I had him write it and preach it to me first. So Kyle, here. Here's um, your text. I want you to write a sermon, and you're not ever going to preach it to the church. I think I told him. I think I lied to him. Um, and 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 then I had him preach it to me. And you know what? The first time he preached it to me, it was terrible. Sorry, Kyle, but it was. And 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 I listened, and I just like I had his notes. I picked it apart. It's like that's heresy, and that's wrong, and all this kind of stuff. And I gave it back to him, and I said, Rewrite it, and lovingly and, and with kindness. I'm sure. Um, and and so he did. He rewrote it. I had him preach it to me again. I was like, okay, that's so much better. But this, this, and that. The third time I had him preach it to me was on a Friday. I was like that's amazing. That'll preach. You're preaching that this Sunday. He's like, what? Like, yeah, two days from now. It's fresh. You just did a great job. Just do that again on Sunday. And um, uh, and he did a great job. So anyway, my point is, we have got to give these guys a chance, and we've got to give them, we've got to give them some 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 coaching and some training and and an opportunity. Um, and then one really quick thing, and Brian's going to talk about this in a minute, one more thing for mentors. Mentors, you got to let your your the, your the guys and girls that you're mentoring be themselves. I think it's really important to note that you're not trying to recreate yourself, but you're trying to make more disciples of Jesus. You're to multiply, not reproduce, and I really believe that. Um, so I'll let Brian talk about that, But but what I would say on it is there is numerous times in the, in the epistles um, talk about um, imitating. Paul says it a few times, and the author of Hebrews mentions it as well. Imitate me as I imitate Christ, or imitate me even without the qualification of imitating Christ. Um, so there is a thing where, where the people who you're mentoring are going to imitate you, but what they're Im- imitating should not be uh, primarily your personality or even your style, but your character and your faith. I think Hebrews chapter 13, 7 really informs that whole imitating paradigm when it says, remember your leaders, and this is a charge to those who are younger, those who speak to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Pete, I'm sorry, I'm at 20 minutes and I've got five more minutes. Imitate their faith. Okay, so mentees, young men and women, a few words of encouragement for you. Um... Uh, you may be sitting here and hearing all this stuff and this charge that I'm giving to mentors and saying yes and amen. I want that mentorship. I want those opportunities. I'm sure there's many young men and women in here that are chomping at the bit for ministry. And I remember being in that place myself. And I just want to give you an exhortation real quickly. There's a a fine line between a sense of calling with godly ambition and a prideful self-promoting ambition. You've got to make sure that you're guarding yourself against that. Many young people with a sense of calling obsess over the pulpit. They just want that position. I want to be in front of people. It was me in, in, in my young years. I wanted to be Dave Lomas, the hip and cool youth pastor that he was at the time. And I wanted that glamour and that glory, and God had to really sweep that out from under my feet. Your call right now, if 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 God has called you first of all he will open up doors for opportunity and 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 your call right now Um, is not to focus so much on the function of your calling. It's not to try to push open doors of opportunity to be able to preach or to be able to be in positions of authority. Your call right now is to focus on the character that qualifies you to do what God, God called you to do. If your focus is on the function... And, and at the neglect of the character, then you're never going to be qualified to do what you feel called to do in the first place. I was talking to Pilgrim on the way over here this morning, and he put this, way, um, uh, put this very, very well when he said, uh, young men and women, now is the time to focus on the fruit of the Spirit more than the gifts of the Spirit. And I think that's an amen. That, that, that if you focus on your character and on being that which 1 Timothy 4.12 talks about, where nobody can despise your youth. Why? Because you're setting an example in speech, conduct, love, and faith, and purity. Then God will open the doors of opportunity for you in his time. And so my rule from the start, from when I was very young um, with, a, with a call to the ministry, was in regards to preaching, never ask and never say no. I'm never going to be asked again by Pete because of this going along. Never ask and never say no. And, and I really believe that that's a good place to be. Not pushing yourself in, but when you get the opportunity, no matter how scary it is, just say yes and trust God. So um, if you're looking for a mentor in here and you don't have one, I'd say find a person that you look up to and ask them. Ask them if they will be, you know, at least pour into you to some degree. The worst that they can say is no. And if they say no, find somebody else because you don't want them anyway. And then finally for the mentees, if, um, if you remember as you're going through this whole mentorship um, relationship that Jesus is your hearer, not your mentor, you'll, you'll do really well. Um, okay, so conclusion. No matter where you are in your walk with Jesus and your ministry, I'd say you're called to be a disciple and a disciple maker. So both these things that I talked about I think applies to everybody in the room. Um, you're called to be mentored and be mentoring others. I don't believe you're ever too experienced to be mentored, and I don't believe that you're ever um, too young to be mentoring others. There's always going to be people who are younger than you in the faith that you can pour into. But seasoned pastors, I charge you to take risks on the young guys that God's bringing you. Um, Remember who you were when God called you, and young men and women, I encourage you to be humble to seek out mentors, and to lean into those relationships. And when God opens doors, just say yes and walk through them. He's the one who paves the path of your ministry, and he's the one who gives you your calling. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've got a bunch of young men and women in here who are um, you know, excited to be raised up into ministry, some doing ministry, some not yet. And I pray that you would continue to just fan into flame the gift that you've placed in each one of them. And bring the right people into their life to pour into them, to share life with them, and to teach them. And I thank you that you've got seasoned guys and girls in here who have been doing ministry, who have a heart to pour into the next generation. Please fill us with your spirit and continue um, to use um, um, us just to pour into this next generation. So we love you, God. We, We really rejoice in what you're doing here. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. So, as you heard Clay say in that message, um, this was recorded in Colorado at our second Expositors Collective training weekend. Um, we've since had our third in Florida, and we're getting ready for our fourth in San Diego, California. And so, I've invited you to come along in um, the end of previous episodes and. I really want you to come. Um, If you are a young Bible teacher um, between the ages of 18 and 34, uh, we really want to spend time with you. We really want to invest in you. And so you can find all the details on our website, expositorscollective.com, and that'll give you more details. But the gist of it is that it's Friday the 5th and Saturday the 6th of April. So I'd love for you to be there. We hope that this podcast and all that we do helps you grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. God bless. See you next week.